Hey guys, welcome to another episode from Tales from the Lone Salesman. I have a bonus episode for you today. An episode that I recorded while I was on live stream and never got around to editing. So this one's going to be lightly touched. We're going to talk about Halloween. We're going to also talk about Dune, Back for Blood, and Apex Season 11. This was recorded in November of 2021. So things might be a little dated. Anyway, hope you guys enjoy it. Check it out. What's going on, guys? It's the Lone Salesman's Live here on Twitch. I decided to film this episode live for a few reasons. One, to motivate me and to keep me going and just to try something new. So what we're going to talk about today is a little catch up on what I've been doing and a few things. We're going to add a new segment called Is It Worth It? where I talk briefly about things I've seen, games I've played, and uh, short impressions without giving too much away. So first off, I've been gone for like two months, a month really, and uh, it's been busy. Work has been kicking my ass. I've got a lot of uh, personal stuff. It's just kept me from doing stuff like this. So I wanted to take time to talk to you guys and just get the word out there. So first off, let's talk about something interesting. Halloween in Japan 2021. You know, I was a little worried, to be honest, because, well, first off, the numbers have been low. However, you never know, right? I mean, even though everyone's getting vaccinated over here, different variants, who's actually taking the vaccine, but that's not what this is about. I just kind of wanted to share my experience of uh, how it was. And let me tell you, everyone, well, almost everyone was wearing costumes. If you weren't wearing a costume, that's fine. There's plenty of uh, planes closed people, especially people walking around in the street wondering why the hell these foreigners, gaijin and other people are wearing costumes. They always look at everyone else weird. Uh, this time, Halloween fell on a Sunday, so naturally, uh, everyone still went out on Saturday, Friday, and in Tokyo, you know, sometimes they party the whole week, so I wasn't in Tokyo this year, but uh, still, I had fun, and went to a few places, and they even gave us, like, jello shots for wearing a costume, met up with some friends I'd never seen before, or haven't seen in a while, Met up with people I haven't met before, so it was really nice to get to know uh, different people and even get to know new friends. It's hard for me to put myself out there. I know you're like, well, you're on, you're streaming and you're doing this podcast, but I don't normally, you know, go out and by myself at least, unless there's a reason nowadays with the baby, I kind of. Just mostly sit back and go out when I can, especially since we're moving soon. Want to see all my friends as much as possible before we go. But it was fun. I had a blast and I even went out a second time with some other friends locally in, in my local town. And that was fun too. The hangover wasn't, let me tell you, I'm not even that old, but I can already know that the more 
I drink, go out, the, the less, uh, the more I, time I need to recover. Maybe just I was drinking bad alcohol, or whatever. But it was uh, it was rough to say the least, man. But it was still nice to get to see people because you know it's like I've been mostly drinking at home. I mean, I got my wine glass right here. Take a sip. Mostly, yeah. Beer, wine, every now and then. Tequila. Make a cocktail. A lot less expensive drinking at home, I'll tell you that. I always pull out cash before I go out. Never want to use your card. I, you know, I took out like 300 bucks or some some Samayan, which is somewhat equivalent to like 300 a little under $300. I was surprised how much I spent. It kind of put things into perspective. Well, if I was drinking at home, I'd spend maybe 10% of that by myself. Uh, Ohms, you know, his his wife runs a bar. He explained to me kind of like how the model works and, you know, hey, they got to make money. That's fine. I get it. It's a business. It makes you think like, well, back in the day when I was in the Navy, you know, I'd go out for any other reason. But now... I only go out like if I really want to, or there's someone out here that's down to hang. Otherwise, I don't see myself going out by myself, really. But uh, going back to Halloween, you know, just as kind of like a bandit, I, I bought like a, I bought a pestilence mask, a plague doctor mask, and it's cool. I just, but then I was wearing it, and I'm like, uh. I don't think I can wear this all night. No way. I kind of just decided to just scrap that idea. I was like, you know what? I got this bandana over here. I'm just going to wear that. Wear this cowboy hat that I put up. And then I found like a vest, some pants. And, you know, I was like, okay, now I'm a bandit. And plus, I had the mask. So I was like, that works. I got some, even though it's just a piece of cloth doesn't really protect me but hey it's worth a shot right anyway yeah but there's a lot of um tokyo revengers outfits kimitsu no yaiba i was a little surprised i actually didn't see that much kimitsu no yaiba uh, not, not too many mostly tokyo revengers to be honest a lot of people wearing the jerseys uh, i haven't watched it but my, my wife's pretty into it i thought that was cool i was like oh why not people go hard here on uh, halloween it is a blast. One of the funnier moments was uh, my wife bought me this gag knife, and you know, it's like you stab someone, and uh, you go, you know, it goes in and out. And so I saw this guy wearing a banana suit, and he's got this creepy-looking white mask, like kind of like Michael Myers' mask, and he's wearing it with his banana suit. And I'm like, this dude looks scary. And I'm like, hey, man. Best way to top that off, you know, here's here's a knife. Here you go. Now you're a serial killer. <laughs> I'm hoping next year. I don't even know. I'm just saying, like, going out is such a pain nowadays. But uh, we'll see how it is next year. Anyway. That's enough about that. We're going to move on to next segment was, is it worth it? First, we'll start with Dune. All right. So Dune has got, has a long history, right? 
back, way back, way back, uh, early 60s, out there with cyberpunk. And uh, one of the books that just kind of inspired modern sci-fi, right? Star Wars, uh, Star Trek, and uh, you name it. Full disclosure, I did not read any of the books. And I am familiar with the original movie and the canceled movie. However, uh, I haven't watched those either. So I took this movie, fresh set of eyes, knowing a little background knowledge on, you know, Dune Universe. And I liked it for the most part. Two and a half hours is pretty standard for movies nowadays, I guess, for movies this size and length. I mean, they're setting up a lot for the future. Here's the thing about Dune. It's a movie you want to see in the theaters, but there are several parts that are hard to distinguish, like some of the voice scenes, the flashbacks, the uh, premonitions he's having. But yeah, there's a lot of parts where it's hard to come out, and I feel like subtitles are somewhat necessary. Because... I mean, maybe if you're in a theater with good sound, you could hear it better. I was in a somewhat smaller, older theater, so it wasn't the best, but still had good surround sound. But man, they really set up the world and paint the picture for you as much as they can without over-explaining too much. There is a lot of exposition. There is a lot of, you know, hey, I'm, you know, Space Jesus stuff. Um, setting up all the clans, and I won't get into spoilers, but I would say definitely Dune is worth watching, for sure. It's worth the price of admission, maybe even worth a subscription to HBO Max. There's a lot of good stuff on there anyway, but it's totally worth it. I would just sit down and make sure you're like, ready to be immersed you know it's not something i would watch kind of uh while i'm working and then something in the background no it's it's a movie you definitely want to focus on there's a lot of characters and a lot of things a lot of setups and payoffs some stuff does pay off some stuff goes in different directions so picking up on little things like that really helps and some of the names um I, even now I'm drawing blanks on the names of everyone, or at least the uh, the ra different races and planets. It's uh, a little hard to remember, I'd say. I feel like with Star Wars, they simplify things to where you can get it. It's worth it. I mean, there's so many good scenes where they're in the desert, you got the sandworm, you got the, the fight scenes, the battles. It's just... Uh, the ambience, it's really immersive movie. It really puts you in there. Like once you're on that desert planet, you feel like you're in the desert for sure. A lot of memorable characters. I'll say at least each character put out a pretty good performance, uh, especially the main character. I was surprised, you know, he did really good with the material and you see him change throughout the film and evolve. He's a little wimpy at first, but that's the whole point, I guess. I mean, you look at Anakin or Luke when they were first starting out, they're kind of uh, whiny brats as well. So 
I really wish that we got to see the the lost Dune film that never got made. It it should have because the original film did okay, but it didn't do as well as it should have. Um, they did the best fitting everything into one movie. Some people say this new one's a little dragged out. Like you want more, but with what they give you, it's like okay, can we move on to the next thing? Like. It's it's that last 30 minutes that feels, especially after that, like there's a cl- there's almost like two climaxes in the movie where you get these huge, huge scenes and lots going on. And the movie could have just ended there, you know, right after the first battle scene. But it keeps going. And uh, that last hour doesn't drag. It's just, it's stretched out for, for what's there. It's, I feel like it could have been trimmed down, or at least if we are going to go that far, let's add in the next step, or at least leave us on another note. But it's going to be a three-part series, so three or four parts, and you see a lot into the future in this first one, so it's very promising. So Dune, definitely check it out. Highly recommend, especially if you're into sci-fi. It is a lot slow-moving but the pace does pick up uh, towards the middle and then kind of slows off toward the end. Next, I want to talk about Back for Blood. And it's a hard thing to talk about. The game is okay at the moment. I want it to be better, but Maybe it's my rose-colored glasses. I'm I'm looking at Left 4 Dead, and I'm wanting that more. And it is that game. There is small improvements. There is little things that I like. A lot of people are complaining about the difficulty, and like I don't mind a hard game. Like when you play Left 4 Dead on hard mode, it's pretty hard. You know, you take more damage. the The zombies are a little bit smarter, and you got to work more as a team. However, with Back for Blood, it's just like they're throwing so much at you. And with no continues, it's like almost impossible sometimes to get to that first act, that second act, especially if you don't have the right cards. Like, I'm wondering to myself, like, man, whoever's getting through this stuff must be really hardcore. You know, they're really working as a team. I mean, on Recruit, even, it's, it's a little difficult. I felt like when I played in the beta... It felt a lot more balanced, um, wasn't as hard, at least, and they gave you three continues, which is nice. And I get it, they're trying to add more replay value and, you know, spice things up a bit. You got the corruption cards that add a lot of variables into the game. They're good for the most part. They make things interesting. And like I said, it's that keyword, working as a team, but guess what? Not everyone wants to do that. Some people go forward, they don't know what they're doing, it's their first time playing. Like, there's no room for failure, almost, especially with one continue on the easiest difficulty. Like, yeah, you could try to carry your team, but, you know, if they don't know how to deal with a certain enemy type, they're shooting crows all the time, they're sending off alarms, it's like, come on. It's hard to tease someone the game if, you know, like I said, there's not much room for failure, you gotta keep going, going, going. You got tall boys rushing you all the time. Bloaters. 
I mean, the tall boys are probably the most annoying characters that or the special types that keep popping up. Not to mention the uh, the bosses are not too hard. The the breaker, the wrecker, and the the ogre. It's just in some areas, it's very difficult to fight these enemies, especially the areas with very small lanes and no room to kind of back up. We were playing one level where it was like foggy and it was a swampy area. Ogre spawns right there. You have no choice but to back up and fight this thing. And if you don't have the ammo for it, then, you know, well, you, you know, it's not too far from the buy station, so you have enough time to do that. But it is just a pain in the ass, especially since we were doing that on veteran. It was, uh, it was pretty difficult to say the least. But once we got off veteran, started doing stuff on recruit, it was fine. Um, I think the farthest we got through was Act Two, and it was just like, all right, I had fun enough. There's just it's just very lengthy. That's all. Some some levels last thirty minutes. Some levels levels last fifteen twenty. It's very random. I mean, I felt like at least with Left 4 Dead, you knew how long each map was going to be. At least every map was going to be at least 15, 20 minutes tops. And then finale would take longer. So you could probably run a campaign in less than an hour or two with these acts. It's like, I don't know. It feels, it just feels, I don't even know how long they can be sometimes. I'm sure there's some people who ran through the whole game. No problem. It's just, uh, you know, we were running with some of my friends. It was fine. No worries. It's just, uh, for the price point of $60 though, I, um, reluctant to buy it on either console or PC. Luckily it is on the Xbox game pass. So if you have that or have the opportunity to, to do that, I would say definitely just go with that for sure. Like there's no reason to buy this game full price. And there's definitely no reason to buy it the season pass. I don't even know what's going to be in the future. Like, I mean, it's cool if you bought it, but I mean, with the way things are now, I just not sure if I want more than what's already there. You know, like once I go through it, maybe do a run on veteran. It'll be fun to go back to every now and then, but I just feel like Left 4 Dead 2 and Left 4 Dead 1 just had so much more replay value it's just balanced better and uh i don't know it's so weird the, the little things they change it's a shame i was really excited for that game and it worked for the most part it's just lacking in some departments i'm sure after a few updates and balances fixes it'll be uh, a little bit better to play for sure lastly i want to talk about Apex Season 11. Now, what can I say about Apex? Last season, I played halfway through, made it to Plat, and, you know, we ran with friends, sometimes ran solo. It was fine, for the most part. There came a point where I just, I don't know, you just get tired of it, or maybe you're not doing as well as you want to, and you just take a break, and that's what we did. That's what I did, for sure. Moved on to other games like Siege. Uh, played some Far Cry 6. Actually, I'll, I'll add that in here right after this one. Yeah, um, Apex is a free-to-play game. So 
if you've already been playing it and you've been playing every season, you're probably already playing this season 11. But let's just say you haven't played in a while. I think it's a really good update. The new map is really fun. It's interesting to figure out. It's probably the most diverse map I've they've released, really. I mean, it's not just the animals, but the way the map is, it's it's very hard to go from one place to another with being very quickly. It's not like King's Canyon where you can like go from one place to the next in a managed notice. Because this place has one thing, they removed the balloons. And I didn't realize this until now, but there is no balloons, so it's very difficult to escape and, you know, drop on someone very quickly. There is new uh, mechanics, these gravity cannons that'll launch you forward, flying through uh, different parts of the map. So those are your new ways of getting from different points but they're very direct routes. It's not as versatile as the balloon where you can go in uh, different directions, no problem. They also still have the cars, but they're very minimal. I, I don't see too many people using them and I don't see too many cars on the map anyway. The animals, the prowlers, the spiders are not too OP. The spiders or the prowlers can't overrun you though. They, if you keep fighting them and plus you make so much noise that by the time you're done fighting them, another team's going to jump on you. So it's kind of not worth fighting them. I mean, you do get a little uh, loot and some upgrades. Uh, spiders can be used good for ambushing people. Or at least, let's say someone's chasing you, you shoot the nests and uh, leave them behind for the enemy. The new Legend Ash. She's pretty fun. I have nothing much to say about her. I mean, it's cool she's in the game. Her main ability is interesting. It's a good way to, you know, get those rats who are running away or get someone right where you want them and then you rush them down. Her ult is also very useful to be aggressive. I'd say more so aggressive than passive because it's a one-way tunnel. So you can use it as escape, but they can still go right through. But you could also like use it to lead one person away from their entire team, kill them, and then scan their box. And then you can track uh, the rest of the people in the area that they might have killed. So not a bad idea. Kit is pretty fun. And I don't think she's as OP as Seer when he came out. People will always complain about new characters, but I guess she could use a little nerf. Uh, the additions to Watson are really what piqued my interest about this season. They improved her enough to be somewhat relevant, but not enough to be overpowered, which is nice. So I played her a little bit. I haven't seen too much more use than her than she already was. I mean, I already like playing as her on this map. It's a little difficult sometimes considering how big it is and how wide it is. So sometimes her fences seem a little useless at some points, unless you're in a corridor of some sort. I definitely think it's worth checking out. And I don't know if I'll be grinding it like I was in season 10, but I definitely do want to play it more for sure. Last, I want to bring up Far Cry 6. And let me tell you, Ubisoft has been making some stinkers, or at least they haven't been really improving on their formula. And Far Cry 6 is nothing that hasn't been seen before with the Far Cry series. 
the addition with Supremos and the backpack, different abilities, is somewhat refreshing, kind of, sort of. Like, the weapons are cool. Like, they added the cool, different, unique weapons that were in New Dawn uh, with a twist. Make them really fun to use, especially if you're bored, just, you know, you want to shake things up a bit. Those are they're pretty fun to use. And the new companions, it's a little bit more balanced, I'd say. Not having two, like an animal and a person, but now you just have the animal. Which I didn't mind too much, considering most of the characters were kind of bland anyway. It's like, okay, I got my animals. They're fun. Until you get Aluso or the one of the mythic creatures. He's kind of the best one, in my opinion. Once you get him, it's... Kind of pointless using anyone else. I would say if you're not a huge fan in Far Cry to just get it on sale. I mean, I'm a huge fan of the series. I didn't mind paying full price plus the season pass. Uh, especially uh, without getting into spoilers, the ending leads into some interesting stuff. Uh, man, the ending was pretty bad. It was shocking to say the least. And there's not much room for choice. If you think it's like Far Cry 3 or 4, where you actually kind of have a choice on what to do on certain things, uh, that's not quite the case here. There is a hidden ending in the later, in not, not quite in the very beginning, but once you're past the first tutorial area, there's a small Easter egg, kind of. Uh, you know, there's always like a secret ending since 4, they added one. I didn't even know about the one in four until much, much later. But I always thought that was funny. You should definitely try it. Um, if you can figure it out, that's, <laughs> I won't give it away, but it's, it's easily just search it. But um, the gunplay was fun. I mean, the island is beautiful. Uh, I, I had no complaints playing the game. They even kind of added some just cause elements where the destruction elements kind of like in just cause i love that series like just cause two and three probably one of the most fun games i've ever played four i, I couldn't get into at all unfortunately something was missing the, the story is somewhat compelling the characters are also like somewhat compelling you really have to kind of buy into it or you know roll your eyes sometimes it's it's a lot better than Watch Dogs Legion, I'll say. At least it's a big step up from that. The main enemy, Anton Castile, played by Gustavo Fring or Giancarlo Esposito. He was phenomenal. It was it was such a treat just seeing him in the game, just seeing him giving a performance. I feel like he's been in so many more bad bad guy roles. You know, you see him in Breaking Bad, obviously, and then they put him in Star Wars and uh, in The Mandalorian. And yeah, it is such a treat to see him. He's just so good at being the strong, like that stare he does, the silent, the silence reserved, you know. In this one, he doesn't overact, but he definitely, you know, he's mostly less subtle, to say the least, considering he's a somewhat of a dictator but uh it's hard for me to say 
would recommend Far Cry 6 is is good to buy but definitely check it out for sure I if you love the Far Cry series and you're not tired of that formula then go for it if you're kind of tired of that then I'd say stay away and maybe wait for it to go on sale it was a solid 40 50 hours plus all the side quests season pass actually has me interested playing as the villains seeing their perspectives seeing what they'll do with that i'm actually pretty interested uh dlc should actually drop pretty soon this month actually so i'm excited to see that i really didn't planning on it being a stream but i wanted it to be somewhat interactive or at least put myself in a position where okay people are watching so let me project my voice let me emote more sometimes i could be a little bit more monotone and anyway i'm still on active on twitter i've been kind of putting myself out there more ask me questions on twitter let me know what you guys want to hear or have us discuss about what should we do you know I want to have more discussions with you people, anyone, bring out more opinions on the show. So next time we're going to do this every two weeks here on Twitch, we're going to do a 30 to 45 minute podcast, whether with myself or a guest. This time I did a little late because I did have a meeting I had to do. Thank you guys for listening. And hope you guys tune in next time to Tales from the Lone Salesman. Thank you.